Before we dive into this episode, I have an exciting offer for you. You know that my passion is simplifying formulation for all hairstylists. Right now, my best-selling masterclass, Hair Color Formulation Simplified, is on sale for only $47. To get yours now, simply go to my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com forward slash simple. Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. This podcast is brought to you by Vish a complete color management system designed by colorists for colorists, helping salons to eliminate waste, ensure consistent color and pricing, track inventory, and maximize profit. To learn more about VISH, simply text in all capitals, get VISH with no space, G-E-T-V-I-S-H, to the number 44222 for more information. Hello and welcome back. In this episode, I wanted to share my most recent experience of me attempting to find a colorist to be my person here in this new location. So for those of you who don't know, recently, exactly a year and a few months ago, I made the decision to move to beautiful, sunny St. Pete Beach, Florida. What I did not expect to be the hardest part of the move is finding someone to color my own hair. So as a uh, self-professed control freak, I'm fully aware of my control issues. Not only am I a control freak, but I am as a hair color educator, I really am strict with how I want things done with my Coworker, you know, people that worked for me in the salon, as well as um, myself in serving clients behind the chair. To me, it's a lot of little things that together makes you stand out from your competition and makes you have the ability to call yourself an expert. So I have yet, I've been here, I moved here January of 2019. When I'm recording this episode, it is now March of 2020. So I have yet to find someone to even make me happy with a simple, um, quick root retouch. So, you know, you would think, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is I have an unusual formula that I have created for myself with the help of a dear friend who is a hair color genius. He had the idea for me to stop dealing with the brassiness that comes with trying to cover gray as well as slightly lighten level five natural hair color. And that's me. You know, I started out with a few sprinkles of gray, which then told two friends and became 25% gray, 35% gray. And now, unfortunately, I have reached the point where it is a necessity. It is no longer, oh, I could kind of use... Um, some gray coverage, now it's a need. You know, it starts to grow in and it's super obvious. So we came up with a plan where I use a an acidic 
liquid demi color on my gray, on my regrowth. So there are arguments everywhere on whether or not demi color can do everything that I am asking it to do on my hair. My argument is, yes, I understand that demi color has a certain limitation as far as gray coverage goes. Yes, I understand that over time, even a demi will start to build up on the hair and be a little bit more difficult to highlight through because it starts to behave as you know, permanent as a permanent color over time. That's a whole other podcast. So what I'm running into is I want to have the ability to have a relationship with someone who is a peer, um, a fellow colorist that, you know, is all about customer service and giving a great experience. If I'm going to be forced to have to go to another salon and sit in someone else's chair and pay for a service after owning a salon for 30 years, it's already strange enough to be doing all those things. I want it to be a really amazing experience. I want my every four week root retouch to be fun. You know, I want to look forward to going to the salon. I want to have a sense of community. I want to feel like someone who belongs in that space, you know, kind of like that cheers mentality when Norm walks in and everybody says, hey, Norm, you know, and I, I really have not found that sense of community and I really haven't found anyone who will, um, for lack of a better word, just do what I ask them to do. You know, it sounds awful and it sounds so controlling, but I, I prefaced my visit, this last visit with, I am either going to be the most annoying client that you've ever met or the easiest because I'm giving you my exact formula. I will bring it with me if I would actually prefer to bring it with me so that I know that you're definitely using that on my hair because we all know how um, some colorists can be really good bullshitters when they're out of a color or they're using a different brand and they bullshit their way through assuring the client that it's not different. So I said, I, I brought it with me in case you don't have it. And she said, no, I have it. And I said, do you have the, um, in the shade, the Shades EQ, that's my formula, it's Redken Shades EQ is the liquid demi that I use. There's now a gel developer and there's the liquid really loose, it's almost water-like regular processing solution. So I have found from using this formula for several years now that when I use the gel developer, now don't be confused, this is not color gels developer, this is not 20 volume traditional developer. This is dedicated Shades EQ processing solution in a gel form. So it's just a little bit thicker. And what I like about that is it sits right at the regrowth area and it doesn't run or creep down the way that the liquid sometimes can. So I asked if she had the gel developer. She said yes. And I was ready to ask if she could please apply with an applicator bottle because, again, guys, I told you I'm controlling. And for me, an applicator bottle, that little hole in the tip of an applicator bottle for me can keep the color exactly where I want it, right at the brand new area and not overlap in any way. Sometimes when people are using a ball and brush application, they can get a little overzealous with the brush and really wipe the color on. So I didn't say it because I thought this, this person is already a bit annoyed with me. Um, so I let her do her thing and she came out, of course, with a ball and brush. And I thought, oh, here we go. And 
what I forgot to say in the beginning of this episode is I, this was on a Thursday and I had a photo shoot set up for Saturday. So it was really important to me that my existing blonde that's much paler than my new growth stays intact and bright and pale and doesn't get muddy or murky from the retouch. So she dips her brush in the bowl and she starts going in and I put my hand up and I said, can you please start um, applying this in the back of my head? And the look that she gave me, I wish I, I wish this was a video and not a podcast. She was like, what are you talking about? And I said, oh, you know, I really prefer that you start in the back of my hair because I like it to be a little deeper in the back and by nature, you know, hair in the front should look lighter. That's the way it would look from the sun. And I don't want an inky deposit around my part or my hairline because I'm getting my picture taken. Well, that's the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard was her response. All hair color develops at the same time. No matter where I start on your head, it's going to look the same and it's processed in 20 minutes no matter what. And I was like, that's really not true. But, and I, you know, I don't want to be a pain in the butt, but can you please just humor me and just start in the back? So she rolls her eyes and she starts in the back and she goes down the center of my head in the back and within two seconds, she's up in my part. So she puts it all through my part because that's the way that she has always done it. So I'm already aggravated and then I'm watching her apply it and she's swiping the color at least three inches from my regrowth, covering up at least two inches of my existing blonde. So I'm starting to get hot. I want to like rip the cape off and run out the front door. But of course, I am a professional, so I'm not going to do that. And I really need it the gray covered and I just do not like to do it myself. So I'm sitting there and then she goes for the hairline around my temples. And that's when I had to stop her because I know from being an educator that women over 40 develop estrogen hair around our hairline. So that's the reason that you sometimes see those inky headband looks of color where you think, I use the same exact formula on the whole entire head. Why is that hairline so dark? That is why. And I know that. And I know that about my own hair. So I held back from asking her to go a level up on my formula, which is what I would do if I were applying it. I thought this girl's going to choke me if I say you need a separate mix for my hairline. So I said, can you please just not put that there and just wait until the very end and then put it there. So I roll again. She's aggravated. Keeps going through my head doing exactly what I asked her not to do. And I'm freaking out a little bit. And then she goes to set the timer and she said, okay, 20 minutes. And I said, I'm sorry. I know I'm driving you crazy, but can you please leave it on for 40 minutes? Why? Shades EQ fully processes in 20 minutes. It doesn't do anything after 20 minutes than it does in 20 minutes. I'm like, that's really not true. And I know my own hair and this is what I do. And this is what makes it cover. And I said, I have a very resistant patch right here. And I showed her my patch and I said, even after 40 minutes, you'll see that that patch is not going to be covered, but it's okay. And I'm not going to blame you because I already know that going into it. So she immediately sets the timer, rolls her eyes and walks away. And I am sitting there. Now I'm a captive audience. I'm sitting there for 40 minutes. So let me take it back to where I should have started in the beginning. You'll see if you, you know, become a regular listener to this podcast, I jump on here and I turn my microphone on. I don't have a teleprompter. I don't have notes. I don't have slides. 
I just shoot from the hip and I tell it like it is. So hopefully my ADD won't drive you crazy. So in the beginning of the visit, my first experience was I live at the beach and within 15 minutes, there is a center city, um, city type bustling area, which is where all the cool hip restaurants are and where the salon is. So I know that it takes me 15 minutes to get downtown. And I also know that parking can be an issue, especially on a weekend. So I said, um, no, I didn't go on the weekend. I went on a Thursday. So I said, um, let me give myself 30 minutes to give myself plenty of time to park. So I get downtown, I get to the salon and I drove around literally for 16 minutes around and around looking for a parking spot. So I'm starting to get totally hijacked. I'm getting in a bad mood. I'm starting with that little ache in the back of my neck that I know is going to turn into a full-blown migraine. I, as a former behind-the-chair stylist, have mad respect for people's time. I never want to be late because I know all too well about the domino effect that it creates when I'm late, then the next person you know, is made to wait, and so on and so on. So I pull over and I pull out my phone and I call and I say, hi, I'm on my way. I am, you know, a one o'clock appointment. I know that I'm late. I'm still trying to park. I am, I'm on my way. And they're like, okay, no problem. So I get to the salon. Of course, I have to use the restroom because I've been driving around for 35 minutes and I go use the restroom and I come out and this person who I'm scheduled to have my hair done with comes over and says, here, take a seat. And I said, you know, you know, I told you my formula on the phone did not give me a robe to change into, which I saw them on the back of the restroom door. So I know they have them. So I was not given a robe. I was not given something to drink. It was really hot and you could tell that I was flustered. So she didn't take the time to say, can I get you a cold glass of water? Can I get you coffee? What can I get you? She did not shake my hand or introduce herself. I can't even... I wouldn't share her name on here in case she's ever going to listen to this, but even if I wanted to, I don't know her name. I have no idea what her name is right now. I know the salon that I went to, and the reason I went there is because that's where I get my hair cut, so I trust it, at least that I have been there before and I knew of the salon. So these are all important things that you may be not paying attention to, that if you're not fully booked and you're noticing that you're having a lot of fallout in your client base, pay attention to these things. Are you taking into consideration that your parking is not ideal and giving people a little bit of wiggle room with their appointments? Do you have a desk drawer full of quarters because it was meters? So then once you find a spot, then you're stressed about having quarters because nobody carries change or cash anymore. So that's stressful. So these are all the things that make a difference for that client visit. So, you know, no beverage, no introduction. Then this other person comes walking in that I never saw before, obviously a new stylist in the salon, and he proceeds to sit in his chair with his head in his phone, as well as the owner of the salon is sitting with his head in his phone, and now my colorist is sitting with her head in her phone. So all three people that are in the salon, besides myself, are just texting, doing whatever on their phones, and then they are starting to gossip about every client that was there before me. Oh, did you see her facelift? You know, she should get her money back. That was awful. So what do you think I'm thinking? I'm sitting here for 40 minutes. I'm already flustered and uncomfortable. 
I already know the whole time I'm sitting there that my blonde is being covered and I'm not happy about it. Oh, and I, what I also forgot to say is after she applied all of the root color, I said, I'm sorry, one more thing. Can you please apply a really deep, whatever your heaviest, thickest mask type conditioner to my blonde while this retouches on so that I can protect my blonde when you rinse it? So of course she half-assed putting it on because she was eye rolling like, I've never done this before. Why am I doing this? So she would put some in her hands and just kind of smush it through the ends. I literally put the conditioner on as if it were a color service. I use a ball and brush. I start with where the blonde starts, where the touch-up ends, and I actually apply it the way that I would apply a color mount to the entire rest of the head. So the client is getting an amazing conditioning treatment as well as protection from that blonde because let's face it, when you're rinsing that color, even if you're super careful, just the tone of that root color being run through the hair, even if it's with the water when you're rinsing that root retouch, it will muddy those ends. You've seen it happen. You know what I'm talking about. And then the client says, I need more highlights. It's not bright enough. And it's the simple way to, pre to prevent that is putting a conditioner on at the same time. So these are all important little things that make a difference. She did not use any type of barrier cream on my hairline. I, I was going to bring it with me, and I thought, that's really going too far. This girl is going to knock me out. So I would have preferred to have my barrier cream with me. It's you know a great, nice light. It has a nice texture to it. I put it around the skin on my hairline so that it doesn't stain. So of course, I left with stains on my forehead, stains on my scalp. I had actual color stains on the scalp. Like it was not rinsed or shampooed properly. And I have to back this up by saying this person is 25 years in the industry. She made sure to tell me that because she was a little annoyed that I was trying to give her any sort of tips or any sort of education on my color. She said, I've been doing this 25 years. And and then our chit chat while she was smearing the color three inches down my um, mid shaft, <laughs> and I was freaking out. She said, do you work in a salon? And I said, no, I'm, I'm actually an independent educator now. I, I owned a salon for 30 years. It was a great run, but I really felt drawn to pay it forward and share my experience by teaching people who have a hard time adjusting to formulation. And, you know, I try to give them tips on growing their business and helping them become six-figure colorist and specializing. And she said, well, I mean, where do you work? And I said, oh, you know, everything's virtual on the computer. I do virtual training and I have a membership. And she's like, oh, I, I would hate that. She said, I would really miss being in the salon. And I said, oh yeah, you know, I, I really did enjoy being in the salon, but this is something that, you know, is important to me that I want to help other people who are in the salon that feel isolated or especially in a salon suite where they don't have education available to them that I can be that person that, you know, when they have downtime and they're, they want to wind down at the end of the day and just jump on a call or take a lesson or watch a video. And she was just very negative about what it was that I did and just was, you know, kind of not making me feel very good. Um, so as they were talking about the woman's facelift and this one being late and this one doing that, I think they kind of looked up and were like, oh crap, they forgot that I was even there. And they said, oh, we don't normally talk like this. We're just doing this because you're in the business and you, you get it. And I was just like, 
oh, I get it. I get why there's not a single person in this salon right now except for me. You're not, you know, you may be a good, decent colorist and you may be full of confidence, but by not offering the beverage, by not offering the robe, by not making me feel like I mattered and that my time there made, um, you know, made them have a good part of their day and, and increase their income and, and gave them value. I just felt like it was something that she wanted to get over with. And there was nobody coming after me either. You know, I was it. So it wasn't like I backed her. Because of course I was concerned. Did I back her day up? Is she going to be flustered for the rest of the day? There was no one else coming. She was not busy. She kept telling me how busy. Oh, I'm so booked and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But nobody was coming. Both of the other hairstylists had no one in their chair. She had nobody coming. And I was there for an hour and a half. And then when I was finished... And she did the subpar shampoo. <clears throat> she combed out my hair. It was soaking wet. And she said, so do you, want, do you want it dried? Are we blowing it dry? And I looked at my watch and I said, you know, because <clears throat> I'm thinking the reason she asked me is because she probably was going to charge a la carte for it. And I knew <clears throat> if I didn't like what went down with the color, I really didn't want to sit through a painful blow dry with like a vent brush and Aquanet or something. I, I knew it wasn't going to go well. So I said, you know what? No, I, I'm really like paying attention to my meter. I don't want to get a ticket. I was late. I don't want to take up any more of your time. So I'm good. So I went with no blow dry, but I'm thinking as a former salon owner, I was never told on the phone, which that's something that really triggers me because when we have a new uh, receptionist at my former salon, we always say, please let people know that the blow dry is not included with the color service. Because for me, being on the other end of that, on this visit, I didn't like not knowing whether I was going to be charged or not. And she still never told me. She didn't say, would you like me to blow dry it for an additional $35? Would you like me to blow dry it? It's complimentary. Wh whichever it was, it wasn't even about the money. It was me not knowing whether I was going to be charged or not. And I thought, you know what? No, I've already been here long enough. I'm aggravated. I need to go. So I just wanted to share that, not to badmouth another salon professional, because that's never my intention. Um, I'm really not concerned about this person hearing this podcast, because her overall attitude towards growing, learning, and being open to new things was not there. So I would be really shocked if she actually even heard this podcast and thought, oh crap, that was me. You know, I think the odds of her hearing this are slim to none, which is a shame. I mean, I would be okay with her hearing this and maybe learning from the experience. But in the end, I'm left with what now? Now I have to try this again and I have to put my trust in someone else that I, you know, fear is not going to be open to doing things a different way. And I haven't even asked for highlights yet. When it comes to my highlights, I'm even more picky and even more um, wanting it done in a, a certain way because I want my fresh highlights to be um, freshened up and bright, but I don't necessarily want them right to the root, but I also need my gray covered. So my hair involves a lot of different steps in a certain way. And so far, there's only two people that have ever gotten it right. One of them is a former colorist, or she's a colorist at my former salon. She's still there. 
and the other is my best friend. So when I was ranting, um, getting ready to go to this appointment, I said to my husband, you know what, from now on, I'm either flying back to my former salon or I'm flying my best friend here to see me and having them do my collar because it's that difficult for me to find someone who is really an amazing colorist. So if you're listening to this and you're struggling to build your book and you're struggling to build your confidence, get the education that you need to be so good at color that crazy people like me will come from any distance to find you, to pay you whatever you want to charge to make me happy and feel confident about my color. So the photo shoot is a whole other podcast. <laughs> the um, makeup artist that was part of the package for the photo shoot did not show. Um, that's a whole other podcast that I do intend to record um, about integrity and being you know, someone who stands by your word and your commitments. She didn't show. I hated the hair because she went way over my highlights and it just looked yellow in some spots, which I hate. So I didn't love the color. I didn't have enough makeup on. I didn't get my individual lashes. So the next episode, I have plenty of content to talk about my photo shoot. So thanks for listening. I hope you'll pay attention to the details that you may not think matter, but trust me, as someone who's now on the consumer side of the hair color world, it really matters. Thanks for listening. See you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.